test, test, test. Nine dead cats. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Welcome to the Q-Files. For our inaugural episode, we're bringing you to our favorite place to sit with a glass of wine and chat all things strange, Lori's back porch. We'll share our thoughts on what makes Halloween so queer, and Porkchop will make her barkingly loud return debut. Um, all right, so we want to talk about why Halloween is so gay. And it is so gay. It is. So queer. Nine dead cats. So queer. Nine dead cats. I'm it's nine dead again. cats queer. Which is a new measuring system. But Halloween is so queer. And, uh, you know, there really needs to be an acknowledgement with mainstream sort of media of how queer Halloween is. I mean, there really does need to be. Halloween is the gay Christmas or the queer Christmas, as they say. It is. And, you know, this even goes back to my own childhood. When I would go Halloweening, I remember I dressed up as an astronaut. And I dressed up as a cowboy. And I dressed up, I think, as a farmer one year. But, you know, it, it allowed me that gender freedom yeah. to, you know, dress up as a traditionally male character. And there's, I believe, where the freedom of Halloween gave birth to queer Halloween is because it allowed us on that gender spectrum, particularly gender. I think this is really about gender. Um, yeah. It allowed yeah. us to really embrace that spectrum and be who we felt we really were on that spectrum. And so um, in 1981, I moved to New York City and I moved there in September of 81. So my first sort of encounter with queer New York wasn't the Pride Parade. It was the Halloween Parade. And it was the most, I, it, it's hard to even describe, it was the most transcendent, magical moment. This was, uh, there was Rollerina rolling down the street with her wand and um, everybody was, um, it, exactly what I said before. They pork chop. Stop it. Uh, there were people embracing their true, authentic genders, from drag to um, uh, you know, really uh, 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 females in masculine costumes, and it was so freeing. And it was much more magical than Pride. Now, Pride the next summer was amazing. Uh, because I got to see my community in the daylight, yeah. and we were all proud, and it was all happening. I thought I, when I moved there, I was one of three lesbians in the entire country, and I was absolutely shocked to learn that there were millions. There were actually four. <laughs> there were four. <laughs> uh, and uh, so that was a different kind of awakening, but every year I went to the Halloween parade because it was so magical, and there were candles, and... and um, uh, there was just this magical kind of transformation. Even people I knew uh, would would my friends would come dressed as themselves, and uh, in whatever character they assumed. But often it was sort of a gender transformation that happened. Um, so for me, that that's always been sort of the magic of Halloween. 
when we could ironically disguise ourselves yeah. by disguising ourselves be our authentic selves. And that's really been, and, and this goes back to, I think we talked earlier, that there were, you know, Halloween, uh, sort of queer Halloween parades in San Francisco in, in the early 30s and 40s. Yeah. And this, obviously in New York in the 70s, this really uh, came on. But, uh, and I think there was something about this parade being at night, too, because it was magical and enchanting and uh, scary, too. Uh, but I will remember, and there was also such music and such drum beats, and everybody was moving. And, you know, that did transform during the age years uh, that I was there also, uh, that, you know, that march down Christopher Street at Halloween became a vigil. It became candles. Wow. Uh, marching down that street. So that Halloween parade very much became, I think, as important as Pride. Um, but it was much more of a sacred vigil for um, all of our friends who had, uh, had died from AIDS. Pride was much more of a protest, but Halloween was much more of a vigil. Um, and it became a vigil for many years. And that's what I remember about, you know, Halloween in New York City. And uh, it is absolutely one of my fondest memories in my life of Halloween. We look so forward to it. And, and uh, uh, just to be a part of it and be around it. And that, that uh, again, I keep using the word magic, but it was magical. Um, and really um, empowering. Again, not from a sort of was very much from a political sort of pride, but um, Halloween was about being our authentic selves. So and that that's what I, I still remember, you know, through all these years. But it was such a different atmosphere between Halloween and Pride. But Halloween in New York City was kind of Pride Minor, I guess. If, if okay, like a personal pride, a personal pride. So I, I guess I just think it's, it's interesting, and maybe it's just because of like the the years, right? Um, where Pride then was still, like you said, more of a protest. Yep. Um, still had that political slant to it specifically. Um, do you think like Halloween was kind of like the more like the Pride is now? Um. No, because it was much more subversive than Pride is now. Okay. It was much more radical than Pride is now. Now, I, I think maybe at Pride we, we dress the way we dress or we, we, we put on the costumes. But um, Halloween was subversive. It was radical. Um, like I said, it was... Now, you know, in, in, in 2019, Rollerina going down the street on, on roller skates and a ball gown and a wand... And cat eye glasses wouldn't probably. It's not no one register. would bat their eyes. Yes. Yeah, but but back then it was just this 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 sort of individual who had this freedom uh, 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 to sort of don this character and uh, be who they were, and it was radical then. It, it it's not as radical now. There's no doubt. But what made it radical was that it was radical then. Yeah. And I think those kind of um, sort of, uh, 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 again, you know, gender traitors 
in particularly Halloween yeah. aren't as radical as they are now. But boy, in 1981 or 82 or 89, that, that was a radical thing. But I think it, it does show progress to a certain extent because it isn't that radical anymore. We're, we're used to seeing these kind right. of images. Like or a, a slow evolution. A slow evolution. But um, I, what I want to see is more gender traitorism in pride now. Let's see the radical in pride now. Let's see the radical at highball in right. Columbus. Let's, so there were mainstream things then that, that you know, the sort of radical elements rejected. Let, let's see the same thing now. Let's, let's find this sort of, again, sort of gender traitorism, uh, that traitorism that um, it is radical and, again, reminds all of the spectators of this spectrum of gender identity that we all have. And that's what it did. Not only did it tell the spectators this, but it, it owned it. This is my authentic self. And I think, um, for some reason, Halloween, more so than pride, to me, has always embodied much more pride than pride. Um, it, to me, has been the pride that has been the truly personal yeah. Um, much more so than the sort of, we have corporate sponsored pride now. Um, uh, and highball is a different thing here in Columbus. I don't think it comes close to being any kind of a New York City Halloween parade, even now. It's not really queer. It's kind of a short north. Yeah, it's, uh, it's more artistic. Straight ally, artistic, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to see like a really, really queer Halloween pride parade. Uh, happening um, not in the short north, but somewhere else. Yeah, like truly a new Halloween fucking queer parade would be fantastic in the city. Halloween twenty twenty. Let's do it. So I mean, the like what originally had, had kind of like the 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 origin story of Halloween and being and and being queer, being gay. Um, kind of goes back to the the Castro in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. And that really like happened around World War II. Mm -hmm. Um all of these these folks getting off the boats. Getting military guys right. getting off the boats. Yes, absolutely. And, like coming to a place that was extremely progressive for the time and still is progressive today. And nobody but, knew you. Right. That's and the other like clue in that that was also the beauty of going to that I felt going to New York City that I'm sure they felt. I was free to do what I wanted to right. because there was no family looking at what I was doing, no community. I, I mean, community as in sort of the, the community, a little tight community I come from Western Ohio. Nobody cared. Like, you were anonymous to a certain extent. Right. So you're free to do and dress and act as you wanted because of a certain kind of anonymymity. And those guys and, and women getting off the boats... Yeah. Um, there was an an anonymity, I think, that allowed them um, to be who they wanted to be at Halloween. Um, but I think the anonymity played uh, maybe a big part of that to a certain extent. In, at least initially in the beginning, the same thing with me. Going to New York, I had a sort of anonymity for many years where nobody cared how I, nobody cared how I dressed or what I did. But... Yeah. Made me feel good, and I felt wonderful. And yeah. uh, uh, but no one was going to hold me to that 
the next day and say, why did you dress up like a, you know, astronaut or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, uh, and uh, I think anonymity in the bigger cities has given birth to this, too, because we could do what we wanted. And with the disguise, no one cared. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what I was going to ask. Do you th like, do you think the, the anonymity of a larger city where you were already free to essentially be yourself yeah. within reason for yes. the time yeah. but then you know there's you know at least one night a year probably several nights in the month of october where you could dress up and kind of perform really i guess like however you wanted that's a great that's a great point perform it wasn't just about putting on a costume it was performing um great point uh, it, it was more of a show than just putting on some clothes right you know you, you were gonna you were gonna perform in this and again this sort of gender defying role um and that allowed that it, it really did and pride doesn't allow that like halloween allows right. that right. um pride doesn't welcome that sort of well, here's the difference. So we had anonymity and we had disguise to a certain extent. So you, you, you were really, how wonderful to get to be who you want to be when you are anonymous and you have a mask on. Right. I mean. And it's also like this time of year when you, when you can do that without question. Yes. Yes. It, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. Like. No matter what you do, it's either funny, it's spooky, it's scary. Like, there's another word for what you're doing. There is. Rather there is. than... Being a fucking queer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it goes back to my Halloweening um, at trick-or-treating as a kid. Um, big tomboy, obviously, blah, blah, blah. And so when I dressed up like the astronaut, farmer, construction worker, whatever, I never dressed as a police officer, just so you know. Um, it, how cute it was then. It was cute. It was funny. It was yeah. wonderful. They love that sort of gender-bending thing at Halloween for kids. It wasn't so funny at school. But, you know, on Halloween, it was acceptable, and they patted you on the head. They actually accepted you on Halloween. Yeah for those costumes that you had on. And, and the more gender bending, the more they loved it when you open, when because that door it, was open. How cute. How cute, how adorable. Yeah. It's the only time of the year anyone looked at me as a real tomboy and said, she's cute, she's adorable. One night of the year. And the one night of the year, although my parents were incredibly progressive and allowed me to dress as I wanted pretty much, it, it, was, it was kind of the one year where, you know, they didn't have to worry about it. They yeah. could take me around, and everybody thought it was cute, and uh, uh, and, and that stuck with me. And, and I think queer Halloween originates with our own youthful trick-or-treating. When we knew on one night of the year, when we would, would dress up in, in keeping with our true gender authenticity, that people would applaud us for that. And that's what Halloween did for me as a kid, and I think did for everybody, and I think deeply that's the origins of that. 
And the same thing doesn't happen at Pride. Right. It's a totally right. different experience. So I think that's sort of where I got my fondness for Halloween, and I'm sure a lot of people did. Um, and although, honestly, I don't know, even today, let, let's see if a little boy dressed up as Cinderella, I'm not sure they would get the same applause at a door. I don't know. Well, I think, uh, at so, least in today's, like, po like, political climate, right, like, we've become more aware of these, like, I guess, gender issues. And transphobic issues. And, right. And, and I think the heart of that is transphobia. Yeah. Of looking at a little boy and being like, well, you can't be a ballerina. And you, you know what? You can't be a princess. Because of the issues of, of, of trans, uh, particularly activism, that have happened in the last 10 years, um, I think those little boys dressed as Cinderella at the door are now while trick-or-treating are looked at more with suspicion than they might have been 15 years ago. Yeah. Now, now, truthfully, because of the transphobia, um, I think Halloweening has become different now for kids that, you know, want to try out their, their gender authenticity. Um, it's been politicized now to a certain, yeah. a certain yeah. extent. So, I, I, you know, when a boy comes to the door of Cinderella... I'm not sure he gets the same welcome he might have gotten 15 or 20 years ago, if he did even then. Right. Um, but I feel like... The, the sort of... My experience, too, is a sort of female, you know, uh, 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 being a sort of tomboy and dressing in a masculine-identified way was much more acceptable than yes. a little boy dressing up in a ballerina suit even 30 years ago. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's a good point that I mean, I mean, and that, that, I guess that point, like, permeates actual, like, several areas where it's always been kind of more okay for female-identifying mm -hmm. folks to be like, I don't know, I'm a firefighter. Right, right. Not that... Traditionally male roles. <laughs> right, like, yeah, like, yeah. You, like you, you can pretend to be these things yes. and then it's cute. Yeah. Cause you would, and you know what makes it kind of cute too? Oh, how cute! She's not really going to be right. That. Like it's like that. Like, she's like never going to be a real fighter right, like or an astronaut how, or how, a, like, a farmer. Wonderful. But how how adorable yeah. that 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 she good for her. But she's never going to be those things. But you know we're going to applaud that in the meantime because it's so cute. Right. So there was a a double edged sword to that sort of acceptance um but it felt like approval in the days in, in back in the no days. I, I i totally get that uh for me again i i still say it may have been very different if i had been you know uh uh you know male dressing up as it's, you know uh, cinderella I, I that that probably would have been a different experience no i i agree but i i guess like my original point what i, I was going to get to is that i i think that actually might still be an issue today like not only presentation wise for like strangers but like individual like family units yeah absolutely where they they look at it where it's not cute it's not funny like it, it just it's it's still viewed as weird yeah i had a, a family friend um uh this was probably 
six or seven years ago, their son, he was probably seven or eight years old, consistently dressed up as Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz every <laughs> single year. And every year they would have to buy him bigger, you know, like ruby red, slippers. Ruby red slippers because his feet got bigger. <laughs> so he was like 11 or 12 and he's still dressing up as this Dorothy and... and, and uh, and, and there was real family concern about that. And then he went to Cruella de Vil the next year. I mean, that's an upgrade. And, you know, we, we knew then it, it was just, it was solid that he was queer. There was no doubt about it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there was real family angst with them about, and they talked to me because they knew I was queer. You know, what are we going to do? Uh, he's, I said, let him what are he, you going to do? He takes great joy with this. Let yeah. him do it. Who cares? At least Halloween is somewhat acceptable. Um, let him do it. And you know what? If he wants to wear it at school and in the middle of November, let him wear it too. Uh, uh, but I do remember the sort of family angst that happened. Now, mind you, this kid ended up being straight, as far as I know, in a happy relationship with a, a, a straight woman. And I thought, you know, what a great lesson that, you know, this was just what he wanted to do at that time. It didn't matter whether or not he turned out to be straight or bi or queer or anything. Just let the kid, he enjoyed this. It didn't mean it was his destiny. It just let him do it and he'll grow up to be the kid he wants to be. And he'll grow up being happier because you let him dress up right. what he wanted to dress up as Halloween. It, it isn't a, a, a destiny so to speak. And he's a pretty happy kid. He's well, like, 20, like 20 years old now. He's I mean, a good kid. It's just like a, a great reminder of like gender itself. Like yes. the, the concept is made up and it's all performative and it's yes. all socialized. And, and it, it doesn't matter if you're 10 years old and wanting to go as Dorothy or Cruella DeVille or like whatever. Right. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't say anything. Like it if doesn't. I if I do it now, yeah, right. But and maybe I don't know. If I if I if I if I were straight and I did it now, now it's like it's funny and and campy. I and guess maybe exploitative, depending on what the costume right. is. You know. But if I do it as a gay man, now it's drag. Yeah. Right. Right. That's right. That's right. It might and, be bad drag, but like it like there. We, and, and, and we just to adjust the terminology. That, and, and to remember that, you know, straight people can be interested in testing gender, the gender spectrum, too. You don't have to be queer to be on a gender spectrum. And I think as a queer community, we, we forget that. You know, people can be on a gender identity spectrum. Gender is different from sexuality. And I Absolutely. think that... Even straight people, which is evidenced by this kid, is that he can be on any gender sex spectrum he wants, even now or as a kid. Um, it's not about his sexuality. And so I think another thing is we as a community have sort of co-opted this idea of gender expression on a spectrum. Straight people can do that too. Straight people can do that too. So... Let's remember that also. Just because you dress up like Dorothy every year for nine, six years doesn't mean you're queer. It means you're uncreative. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, good point. No, I just, I, I think that, um, 
But I think that all just like boils back down to like 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 transphobia, homophobia, yes, um, absolutely, biphobia, like any of these issues because in actually misogyny. Um, absolutely. Well, there you hit on a huge, and a I, huge note right there. And frankly, I think misogyny is the root of all of the sexual and gender phobias. Okay, bingo, bingo. Especially me as a kid and how how cute. I, but that was misogyny, yes. not yeah. homophobia when I was nine. Right. 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 Good point. But Good point. It's, it's just we, we allow ourselves, well, and, and, well you and I don't, um, and a lot of the queer community doesn't, but most folks allow themselves to be constrained by these like concepts of sexuality and gender, and they don't really need to be because, I, I guess like... Halloween is like the best point of it, right? Because on Halloween you can do whatever you want, mm -hmm. and you can wake up November first, and everything's back to normal. But why can't that happen on June twenty sixth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. Just, it, it, and it's like, it's, and see, what's so different between Halloween and Pride is that Halloween. We go as our imagined selves, and pride we go as our real selves to a certain extent. We have to show up as us. There's no disguise. There's no anything. Yeah. Out and proud. Out and proud. And that's fine for a lot of people that are ready to come out. Correct. Uh, but Halloween allows, I think, many of us who aren't quite ready to just test those waters to test those waters of sexuality and gender expression. And that's why <clears throat> Halloween is the queer Christmas, is because it's a gift. It is a gift for us to allow ourselves to just be anything we want. And sometimes that's even, even other than what we think ourselves to be. Yeah. It, it, like I said, a pride, we have to be ourselves and out in pride and out and proud. Um, Halloween, we get to have that little... You know, it might not even be somebody we want to be, but somebody we want to test out. Yeah. And, and feel that identity. And that's the magic of Halloween. And I, to me, Halloween has always been much more important to me as a queer celebration than Pride. Halloween has always been one of my favorite times. The first time I participated as an out gay man, I did so with my boyfriend. He had decided to go as Ash Ketchum, so I went as Charizard, donning flame-inspired makeup and wearing silver, glitter, acrylic nails, long enough to make my hands non-functioning, but also passable as claws. While we touched on this in our conversation, I wanted to drill down and provide a clean-cut answer to the question of why is Halloween so queer, and specifically, why is it all so gay? The history of the gayerhood development is long, interesting, and really a conversation for another time. But it's important to understand that large and medium-sized cities with a large LGBTQ population often developed an area of town that was filled with queer folk. And that's where this connection was born, really kicking off in the late 1970s and early 1980s. 
exactly when Lori was describing her experiences at her first New York City Halloween parade. But these events popped up across the country and places like Key West, Santa Monica, West Hollywood, and the Castro in San Francisco. There are varying theories about how Halloween became a major queer holiday, uh, but most tend to center around a few different theories. Um, While perhaps uh, a stereotype, it So many in our community enjoy fashion, theatricality, and dressing up. Halloween is the perfect time to dress outrageously, to be flamboyant, even if you're still in the closet. In the time before broader gay liberation, wearing masks symbolized being in the closet. So much so that when LGBTQ people deliberately appeared in media, such as the news, they often wore masks to hide their identity. There's also the idea that Halloween provides a much-needed form of escapism. This was especially true during the AIDS pandemic, when many LGBTQ folks, and specifically gay men, may have wanted to escape reality for at least an evening. But this public display, this freedom and authenticity, is truly a part of the overall LGBTQ liberation in general. For at least one evening a year, you can be anything, be anyone, out. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps us. You can follow along on our adventures on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This show was created and produced by me, Shane McClelland, and Laurie Gum. Be weird. Stay curious. These are the Q-Files.